Hello, and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. That's right. And today's exciting because it's the beginning of the Easter podcast season for us. So that's another one of those really big holidays that we can sort of... Have, sink our teeth into. We'll yeah. have multiple weeks sink talking about sink our teeth into because <laughs> it's, it's Easter and Easter. it's all chocolatey, <laughs> peepness, fun. That's right. If you like peeps, I know peeps are kind of a, a polarizing. <laughs> That's right. Some love them, right. some don't. So we will have multiple weeks of Easter topics to talk to you about, but this week we'll begin with. I'm Beth, and I'm going to be talking about our family Easter traditions. I'm called. I'm going to be talking about the origins of the Easter Bunny. This is Sydney, and I will be talking about the movie Here Comes Peter Cottontail. And this is Randy, and I will be talking about Marshmallow Peeps, that delicious candy treat. <laughs> or not so delicious candy treat. But first, as always, we start with holiday happenings this week, and a big one is today is St. Patrick's Day. Yep, as we're recording this. That's right. So happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I hope you're wearing your Irish green today so you don't get pinched by random strangers <laughs> along the way. That's always bad. I have <laughs> green on, although it's Haunted Mansion green, but still green. It still counts. Still yep. counts. Sydney has a shamrock have, in her hair. Yeah. I do. Have you guys ever been pinched by strangers on St. Patrick's Day? Not no. by strangers, but in college and high school, people I knew enjoyed <laughs> pinching, <laughs> each other, pinching each other on yeah. St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yes. Rude. Yeah, I don't think I have ever been pinched by a stranger. No. Yeah. No, I'd be weird, maybe, I think. Uh, I could see, like, no, I definitely call. I think that, like, family members and stuff, I think that when you're little, being pinched is a lot, like, easier for people. Harder to catch, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no, I mean like, like pinching a little, faces, pinching like, a little kid during no cheeks. Like yeah. when you're an adult, it's a little weirder for a stranger. Yes. To come up Especially for me, I have a very unapproachable face. So very, they approach well, you from behind. It's probably fine. <laughs> right. Right. Then I turn around and they're like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> so we hope you don't get pinched today. Yep. Some other holiday happenings is we're taking down our winter decorations and outside lights finally. Yes, they're winter. City's making a sad face. Very sad. It was sad. (laughs) Yeah. But it was time because we've been putting up our Easter decorations now. So we had to make room. Can't keep all the holiday stuff out all the time. Right. Move on. There are very few blocks of time in which we don't have some kind of decoration up. Yes. I think there is some space of time when we don't. Maybe like um, in the summer. Yeah. No, because the summertime is flags. Right. But I also have a large area within the house that doesn't cover every yeah. surface. No, I think right. that so, I think that maybe there's a month where mostly nothing is up. Well, but I have things I like to put up. That's right. Other decorations. Like right. normal house decorations. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not holiday decorations. Right. I'm talking about holiday decorations. Right. True. Normal people just don't leave their house Spartan when there's no holiday going on. Yeah, we don't have any Spartan decorations. No. No, No, that'd be great for uh, celebrating Spartan's Day. (laughs) That's right. Spartan history. Spartan history month. Where's that month? (laughs) We can make it up. (laughs) So with that, and we've seen lots of Easter items in the store lately, we will turn it over to the Easter festivities. Okay. I'm going to talk about our Easter traditions that we had when the kids were growing up in random order. 
<laughs> That's so great. none are better than the other. Uh, I'm just starting somewhere. Kids or traditions? <laughs> we love all of them equally. The first thing I'm going to talk about is coloring Easter eggs. We did this every year. Did we do this before the children? I think we did. Yes. Before the children really? were here. You did this before you had children? Yes. yes. Wow. Do you know your father? <laughs> <laughs> he loves holidays. Normally, we used the PAWS kits, the P-A-A-S, those kits that you can find pretty much anywhere. You can find a lot of different ones now. But we used the PAWS kits. And they came with a, and these are air quotes, magic crayon. <laughs> That's right. Which is just a plain wax crayon. Yes, just wax, pure right. wax, no color. Right. And they had this little golden thing to retrieve the eggs. Do you remember? Yep. It's like this little metal thing. Yep. It came flat and you had to bend it so that the egg would fit into it. Right. And you had to be careful even then. Right. And it had tablets of different colors depending on your... Right kit how many and the tablets were always hard because several of the tablets lined up to the colors but there was always like the green one where which was pink like the tablet itself would be not the actual color oh yeah color of, of the, the thing mm-hmm. so you always had to guess is well, the pink one the pink one or is the pink one the <laughs> green one i remember one? some years where there'd be two cups that were like the same color too i don't remember that I remember we probably got a couple kits at one point well, as the kids got older yeah. and they could do it faster, we got a couple kits so we could do multiple eggs at the same time. Yeah, and right. they always came with like little cups of the colors. A lot of them did. Yeah, yeah. that's, right. yeah, that's what I'm get talking them. about. Sometimes yeah. the cups wouldn't exactly match up right. with right. the colors. Yes. Right. Yeah, maybe it wasn't green. Maybe it was orange. But one of the colors always was the tablet itself wasn't the color of the what came out. So if you guessed wrong, it would be like in the pink one. The orange would be in the pink one. The pink would be in the orange one. And then well, chaos ensued. Chaos ensued. <laughs> and you'd say to yourself, I want a pink egg. You'd stick it in there and it'd come out orange. You'd say, what? <laughs> Day ruins. He's <laughs> <Mr>. Buddy Magic. <laughs> so what you did was you took these little... Tablets of color, put them in a cup, and then put one tablespoon of white vinegar in right. and let it dissolve. And then you added, I think, a half cup water. And then you just mixed it all up. Then you had your boiled eggs already there. Pre-boiled. Pre-boiled. And cooled. And, but not only cooled, but if they had been refrigerated, you take them out. You want them room temperature, if at all possible. Right. And dry. And dry. Yeah. yeah. No condensation on them. Right. We did this at the kitchen table. We prepared the cups, and it depended on what age they were as to how much they helped us with the prep work. Yeah, how much we could actually do stuff. Right. (laughs) And how much it was helpful. Right. (laughs) Sydney did it by herself before even it was cold. Right. Before Cole was even born. I was very responsible. Came at two years old. So she was doing it before then. And we have pictures of her at Easter egg hunt at a friend's house before she was two also. Right. They each had their own way of doing the eggs. Very true. They did. (laughs) Very different approaches. (laughs) Yes. And when they were little, they'd take turns. And Sydney would put hers in. I think there were six cups. She could have three. Cole would have three. She would gently put hers in. I think Cole dropped his in. (laughs) Right. And then after a certain amount of time. It was a gentle splash. (laughs) Sydney lifted hers out with a little metal thing. I have pictures of Cole with literally his hands dyed every different color because he would just reach in and grab his egg and pull him out. Yeah, that's 
efficiency. Yeah. And is. that dye took many days to come off. It was not it did. easy to you come just, off. You just have to not be afraid to get your hands dirty. <laughs> That's right, right. And we let him do it every year. Yep. Because yeah. it was cute. So, to this day, he still does that. (laughs) When we color eggs. I don't think we have colored eggs in... I have colored eggs. I don't think I did last year, but I think the previous years. I would always color (laughs) eggs. I don't think I have colored eggs in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have any memories of coloring eggs other than the ones that you've already shared? I have plenty of memories of coloring eggs. Do you? Yeah. Would you like to share any of those thoughts? I, none, of, none of them are too specific, but I remember doing all the, you know, yeah. going through the process of making them. And the magic crayon that they were talking about, you could draw little patterns on yeah. the eggs. Or words. Then, right, or words. But it was it was a white crayon, so you couldn't see what you were writing right. when you were writing it the first time. Right. It only showed up after the egg was colored. Right. I had to make sure that you guys, particularly Cole would write Easter-appropriate things on your eggs. Because sometimes you just want to write, like, random things on your eggs that weren't related to Easter at all. It were related to toys or games or characters that you liked. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> those things are fun. Also, as both of you get older, then you wanted to try the multicolor egg thing. Which, which doesn't never, work great no. with that type of... Right. No, you always see them, like, on the box and the, the detail, the striping and all that kind yeah. of thing. And it doesn't ever work that And that's way more of a hand painting. It must be. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember watching... It's the Easter Beagle Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. And the character Lucy was just oh, able man. to dip her eggs. <laughs> yeah. And it would come out, like, multicolor, yeah. like, striped, beautiful. Beautiful. I'm like, that's what I just want pattern. Yeah, yeah, it must have I been, like, do that. You acrylic know, paint that she was dipping it in. I just want to stick it in, and it just magically it will right. become beautiful. Yeah. And that never, ever happened. No, right? not for us. But yeah. whatever the eggs were, they were fun. They were very fun. Well, and there are different kits now. They right. have a lot more kits now. So they, they have, like, tie-dyed ones. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of other options for kids these days to <laughs> express These days have it easy. That's right. Back when you were little. They probably have some Easter egg app. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they do. That's yeah, true. Sure I didn't even think about that. All right. So that was our Easter egg coloring. Now, do you guys remember one of the other traditions we had? And we did this when we lived in Purcellville. We had a tree out front that I could reach the branches pretty easily, and you could reach them even easier, Randy. For reference, Mom is short, so that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's why she couldn't reach them. Well, I could have been tall and still the branch right, would have but I want to give the listener context. <laughs> so we made Easter egg trees. We would get plastic eggs, the kind that snapped together, and thin string of various lengths. And then the kids would snap the Easter eggs on them, and then we would hang them in the tree. Yeah, I think it was kite string. Is that what it was? Right. Yeah, so they did this a lot. They put a lot of eggs on these. We hung them in the tree. They were really cute. You guys really liked them. Do you remember? I remember them hanging on the tree. I don't really remember helping, but I remember them hanging, and I remember seeing pictures of them hanging This is interesting. I must have been too young. I don't remember this at all. Well, we moved here when you guys were six and eight. So I think you did most of the work because I think I came home to it being decorated. Right. Yes. Yeah. So you guys did it during the day. Right. And, and probably I'm sure I probably they, helped them. I mean, they were little, right? Right. And so they were probably like, just running around the yard mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Looking they for helped. sticks. <laughs> Looking for sticks that were so hard to find. Yeah. 
<laughs> in our previous house. <laughs> that was our Easter egg tree. Yeah, the Easter egg tree was fun. It, it was, was a lot of work, but it was really fun. It was fun to come home every day, too, and, and see the different yep. color Easter eggs hanging there. And I think the kids really enjoyed it. And, but there was nothing in the eggs there other wasn't. than the string. We were, right. It wasn't part of the, wasn't the like, Easter egg hunt activities. Right. It wasn't like little pinata eggs. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they, were, they were just plain yeah. eggs. It was a lot of fun. When we moved here, well, we had trees, but they were huge pine trees. So Yeah, like 50 foot tall when we moved. <laughs> the lowest branches were probably about 30 feet up. Right. Yeah. So that wasn't really good. <laughs> As Cole mentioned, I'm a little small, so that was a little hard to get them up there. There's some bushes around. Well, I guess that's true. There were some shrubs in the woods. Yep, some shrubbery. I was going to say. Right, and I think yes. that squirrels probably would have taken them. I probably. Mean, there's a yeah. lot more Maybe. wildlife here than there yeah. was where we were before. Yeah, and there might have been, you know, poison ivy in the woods still. Right. And... So my wisdom back then, we did not attempt this. Next would be our Easter egg hunts. Yay! Yay! Now, this came in a variety of forms throughout the years. Like we mentioned, when Sydney was little, before Cole was even born, we have video and pictures of her over at our friend Holly and Mike's. They had hidden some little eggs for her. In the backyard. They did. And then she had her little basket, and she was going and picking them up. So cute as can be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure what consisted of inside the eggs at that time were Cheerios and Kicks. <laughs> That's Probably. <true>. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe goldfishies. Probably. Because wow. you wouldn't have had candy. No. no. That's a way to bring the, bring the mood right down. <laughs> excited when I was little. Yeah, that's You little. didn't know any better. Well, right. Fun cereal to us was Crape Nut Flakes. Oh, I mean, you had multigrain Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I forgot about multigrain Cheerios. And, and mini wheats. No. No, not when you were little. No. Really? Yeah. No. Life cereals. <laughs> that was yeah. an older. Yeah. Older you All think. that sugar. You didn't need it. <laughs> anyway, we digress. <laughs> Some of the different things we had done is when we first moved there, we went to a big community Easter egg hunt in Leesburg. Do you right. remember that? Mm-hmm. I do. And there were a lot of kids there. Yeah, hundreds of kids. Yeah, so... Wow. Maybe even thousands of kids. Um, Probably not thousands of kids. No, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely but hundreds. Did they do different ages yes, at different they did times? different age groups, yep. This would have been when they were like four and two. And I do remember Cole going and picking some up. And there was a little girl, she just couldn't get the eggs, so Cole went over and shared some of his eggs with her, which I thought was yeah. sweet. Yeah, I remember having to teach the kids when they were young that when you find an egg, you don't stop and say, hey, I got an egg, <laughs> open it up, grab the candy. I taught them, grab an egg, stick it in your basket, run. So, in fact, what I said was, run first, because most kids will run and stop at the first egg they find, and then everybody's right next to them. So I said, run past them and then start picking up eggs. And I was so proud of my kids. That's exactly <laughs> what they did. And they always got a ton of eggs. You were a strategist. And you <laughs> yes. shared yes. your knowledge with your children. Yes. Yeah. You mom were the, you know, just have fun. Make sure you share. Exactly. That's and what... he was, uh, <laughs> True. was the, it's a rat race out there. So <laughs> do what you need to do to get ahead. No, I was good with once you had a bunch, then you could share what you had. Oh, with right, you. with other kids that maybe right their but parents were, weren't as helpful as I was. It was uh, <laughs> it was your choice to share with the yeah exactly you know, right. It's, it's a good metaphor for, right. for capitalism. You didn't need to be the one kid who grabbed the one egg in the beginning right. and sat there. 
Right. <laughs> and, not, and then asked other kids for other eggs. You guys had strong legs and you could run and get them and you did. Yep, yeah. we had the determination. <laughs> That's, the right. That's right. The knowledge no and insight. parent government was making me give those eggs to other kids. I gave them freely. <laughs> to the other kids freely. Which made oh me goodness. feel good, made the other kids feel good. Yeah. Right. No, it wasn't... Although, uh, I always have to come apply. back and pull your eggs and then distribute them. Yeah, but I always admired how you and Dad never like really shouted at us because some parents like oh. really got into oh the gosh. competition yeah. and didn't strategize and didn't yeah. teach their kids how to strategize and would just yell. Yeah, and you yeah. guys were very low key. Yeah, in fact, the uh, Leesburg one that we went to actually had prizes. Some of the eggs would have numbers in it. And I remember both of you got some level of prize because, again, you have to get enough eggs in order to potentially have enough that you're going to find some level of prize in there. So, yeah, that's nice, too, sometimes when they do something Yeah, some fun special. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it takes a lot of work to put on Easter egg hunts. We've exactly. done that at our church, and it's a lot of work to stuff the eggs as well as put out the eggs as mm-hmm. well as to manage it and then clean up afterwards. Right. So we yeah. do appreciate those of you that take the time to do that because it, kids really do enjoy it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's one of those things that kids and parents both look forward yeah. to throughout the years. Churches was the next thing that I was going to say. We did it in the park at, in Leesburg, but we've done it in a variety of churches. Right. And there was one church that had gone to the community and gotten bigger gift items. And if you had a little ticket in your egg, you got one of these bigger gift items, just like we were talking about before. Right. And that was a really fun extra something. Right. I was was thinking when you were talking about that, our kids would have been the kind to probably go get one egg, (laughs) look and see what it is, and then look up and all the eggs would have been gone. That's right. Based on on their Christmas unwrapping experience. (laughs) (laughs) The other place we had Easter egg hunts was at family. And, yes, we yeah, did. At grandparents' right. homes. That's right. Yeah. The last place that I could think of that we did Easter egg hunts was the community center. Oh, yeah, Bluemont. Bluemont Community Center. It was adorable. That's where the kids went to preschool. Right. So I think for three years they had Easter egg hunts there. Right. So that was a lot of fun, too. And they separated by age group, too. So they had the front yard, which was the older kids, and that was a wide space. Right. Then they had the backyard, which was the playground. So it was a smaller was space, the little ones. but they could go through the playground equipment to find the eggs. So, so multiple levels right. of mm-hmm. So Cole did that, I think, one year, the back, and then and Sydney was doing too old, I think, at the time. So she did the front, and then Cole did the front. But the backyard mm-hmm. was... The back was actually the more fun because it was a little more hidden all over the place. Yeah, the kids had to climb and right. crawl. Right, go through and... the tubes and things like that. Yeah. That's so funny. So those were some of our Easter egg hunts. Do you guys remember anything that stood out to you? One year at a church that we had gone to, it had snowed that morning. I don't know if you remember that at all. but nope. It, nope. I remembered it because the person who was coordinating this whole big thing and I was like, they're still going to be hidden. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little too well. (laughs) It was a dusting of snow. It wasn't like a... As long as you didn't have like white eggs. Right. They stick out pretty well. (laughs) Right. Yeah, they were probably going to stick out better. Right. No, I just remember really enjoying it. And I actually remember when I got older and was a teenager, I got to help. And I remember helping stuff a lot of those eggs. Like hundreds of these eggs. I think we did it in a youth group where I think mm, multiple years. years. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And I would keep tally, and we would just have this huge bin just just pile. 
piled high with all these eggs that we stuffed full of candy. And sometimes, like, we managed to stuff, like, a couple yeah. pieces of candy in. Sometimes we only got one in. And sometimes, well, a lot of times, the eggs wouldn't stay shut. So you right. had to go get tape, and you have to uh-huh. tape the eggs shut yeah. for them to stay shut. <laughs> yeah, so that was always fun. Yeah, I remember doing Easter egg hunts at that same church. One thing that I remember is there was one year where they had the prizes for the largest number of eggs. Okay. So I remember me and my, you know, my friends, we had determined that we were going to we get the top prize, whatever that was. And I remember we were a little short, so we pulled some of our eggs into one person's <laughs> uh, basket. And that one person, I'm not going to name any names, but that one person did win the top prize. <laughs> the little so, hooligans. <sighs> Subterfuge. Yep. Something that we brought into the family from Randy growing up, and I really didn't realize this, that he grew up with this, is hiding the kids' Easter baskets. Now, as I say that, Randy is an excellent hider. Yeah. I mean, he is good at it. Yep. So, before church, the kids would always hunt for their baskets and hopefully find it. Before and church. Before church. <laughs> and then after church, they could would have legend, they could have their candy. But some of the places that Dad hid those things, can, do you guys remember some of the places? I remember a lot of the places. Do you? <laughs> so okay. let me just say, so when I was growing up, they hid baskets, and they could be anywhere in the house. So there was no off-limits. And there was, well, five of us boys, because Becky's basket wasn't hidden, but five of us were looking for baskets all over the house. So I became very adept at finding Easter baskets, which helped me hide Easter baskets when I had my own family. But I limited it to inside the house on the main floor. No upstairs. For me and Cole. No base For you two, because with, you were younger mm-hmm. at the time. Well, with sort of though. cheating stipulations. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, like uh, it wasn't in the basement, but it was on the other side of the basement door. Which is now still the on the first floor. <laughs> still on the first floor. Yeah. That's right, which was awesome. In, in the trash can, and either the washer or the dryer. Well, in the trash can, man, right. I pulled out the insert. Yes. Right? And then, but I put, a, put bag, a clean bag on top of it, so it looked like it was not in there. Yeah. Right. So right. there was no way to tell that it was in there. <laughs> right, except looking. if you almost threw something away. <laughs> yeah. I think you put it in, like, mm, laundry machine. Dryer. Yeah. Washer, dryer. You put it behind curtains. You put it, like, in cabinets. You put it behind. Well, and so let, let me say, a lot of times when these things were hidden behind things, there would be other things in front of them or <laughs> right. covering them. Well, yeah, that's because or... they're being hid. Yeah, <laughs> that's the point of it. I remember the one time I put it on the doorknob of the basement door. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so it wasn't on the floor when you opened it up, but on the doorknob behind the door, which was a little bit iffy because it could have fallen off, right. but it didn't. I was very proud of that location. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I don't think the kids enjoyed this. No, I made it much easier over time. We stunk at it. (laughs) You did. (laughs) Like, we understood the idea of Easter eggs, right? Because all you have to do is run and find an egg. Right. And it was somewhere in front of you. Yeah, it wasn't really hidden, per se, right? Right. Easter basket, I don't know how you did it, but yeah. You would think it would not be that hard to find a whole basket 
filled with eggs. Exactly. It has a big ribbon on the top because Beth always put a big brand a big new ribbon. ribbon on top. An Easter ribbon on top yes. of there. Yes. So it's not like a small basket. No. These were large baskets. Yeah. And yeah. yet... <laughs> still look at them when I say hiding Easter baskets and you see the look on their faces <laughs> and I enjoy that but usually that comes with clues when we were younger it came right. with clues when we got older you did not provide yeah. any clues so I can't, I can't remember very many times you actually found it without some help like I would eventually say warmer colder right. kind of thing right. or I'd say it's not in this half of the house <laughs> Head this way. <laughs> it's not in this room. <laughs> right. No, I mentioned, I think we got, to, at some point, we're like, it's in this room. Yeah. And then at some point, you guys stopped hiding them. It's probably right. when we were young. When we were little, it was fun. So for the next 10 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about the Easter Bunny. So if you have any young ones with you who are listening, <laughs> make sure to come back in another 10, 12 minutes or so. After whole section. Right. You guys hid the baskets, but you told us that it was the Easter Bunny who came by in the night and hid the baskets That's right. for us. That's right, yeah. because you guys would write a note like you did for Santa Claus for the Easter Bunny the night yep. before. Right, and we leave out carrots. And, and, and leave the baskets for them on the island or somewhere in the kitchen because we couldn't leave them down because the cats would get into the Easter grass. Right, yeah. So we had to leave them up and the ribbon, and the next morning then the Easter baskets would be gone because the Easter Bunny filled them and put them... Somewhere in the house. Right. Because he was mischievous. A lot of times we had a return note from the Easter Bunny. Of course. And the carrots were gnawed on. Some were gone. Um, And it's funny. I remember never wanting to come out of my room when when it was night on Easter. Because my my picture of the Easter Bunny was like those terrifying like mall Easter Bunnies. You know, the giant. Yeah, they were scary. Man-sized. Man-sized. Large head. Large head. Dead eyes, huge <laughs> dead eyes. That bothers you. Big, yeah. big smiling, toothy face. <laughs> do you want to see that hopping around? I your did house? not want to see a fully alive version of that thing hopping around the house. That was actually terrifying. I remember having nightmares wow. about the Easter money. So and you never funny. told us. And I never told you guys. No, because no. we had these little storybooks about Easter Bunny. I, and I <laughs> never so thought about it like that. Yeah. Right. No, Those kids don't. Those kids don't. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember when you told us that the Easter Bunny wasn't real, that was sort of a shock that you had lied to us, but uh, also a relief for me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you had the shocked look on your face and you, then you said, well, makes sense. I mean, a big rabbit hopping around your house. <laughs> <laughs> I know that a lot of Depictions of the Easter Bunny have him as a smaller rabbit, usually wearing some kind of clothes. A lot of times it's like a little jacket or a hat or something so much nicer than this giant man size. Right. Yeah, and I think sometimes people connect them with Peter Cottontail from Beatrix Potter. Yeah. And he already had the little blue jacket on, so I think they kind of mix those together sometimes. And if that was what I thought (laughs) was delivering my Easter basket, I would have been much more enthusiastic about <laughs> coming out and, and saying hi. Shockingly, the original Easter Bunny was German. Yeah, not shockingly, because a lot of our traditions yeah. come from a Germany. A lot of our traditions come from Germany. The shocking part is probably that there's no horrible backstory behind <laughs> there's it. There's not? No, there's wow. not. It's not like the rabbit ate children or <laughs> stole eggs from, I don't know, Farmers? Farmers or some... <laughs> which is a lot more mundane. Than it is. It's not yeah. so terrifying at all. 
or led children to its lair with a scene or with like egg, eggs, <laughs> right, or something like that. I could see any of those happening in a German film. And we're not tale. saying they don't have those tales, but that's right. not where this one came from. That's not where this bunny came from. <laughs> that's right. They yeah. might have other bunnies, <laughs> like the Toten Bunny or something like that. <laughs> but the original Easter Bunny, sort of like Santa Claus, would deliver gifts or candies to children after judging whether they were good or bad. In a lot of ways, it is like Santa Claus, but small and fuzzy and hopping around. I always wondered why you guys didn't ask, how can a little bunny carry these large baskets? Like a regular size rabbit, smaller than the basket. To me, it wasn't a little bunny. (laughs) Right, now (laughs) as as we've clearly established. Well, I'm sure they just probably thought it was Easter man, right? Special Easter. Yeah, I think after Santa Claus, and all, although Santa Claus kind of explains how he gets the gifts around, right. I literally never thought to ask about the Easter Bunny. That's so funny. Yeah, I think I did ask about it once. I think I think you mentioned something about like burrows, like magic, like little holes. Yeah, <laughs> if I did, he could that jump was on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a very on the fly thing, but like you know, he could like jump into one hole and then jump out of another oh, one. I'm like a worm. Like a little, <laughs> a burrowing wormhole. Yes, it's right. actually a really good Time idea. Time traveling wormhole. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to remember that for room. my kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When Time and space, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. We should write a book about that. I like it, yeah. Ooh, it could be like the sci-fi version. <laughs> That's right, the sci-fi. <laughs> like, where does he go? Like, the wormhole doesn't lead directly to another wormhole. It leads to the space between. <laughs> That's right, the space. <laughs> they came to the U.S. through German immigrants in the 1700s. So that could have been our ancestor maybe brought some That's right. some Easter traditions with him. That's right. From Hess. Militant Easter traditions with him. Well, he was a farmer. Right. Well, after he served in the army. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's be super vague about that. <laughs> so some of the stories say that the rabbit would lay the eggs. And that was a... Which is weird, because which, rabbits don't lay Which eggs. is weird. <laughs> I guess this is the more German part. <laughs> right. They couldn't help themselves, but make it a little weird. <laughs> but a lot of that goes back to pagan tradition and beliefs. Eggs being a symbol of fertility and rabbits being a symbol of fertility. The Germans were like, we'll just smash these two That's together right. and we'll make our egg-laying rabbit out right. of it. So they brought those over, and that really started in Pennsylvania, all the Easter bunny traditions, which is unsurprising because of all the German immigrants in Pennsylvania. So central Pennsylvania, probably where that originally came from. So you guys were right in the heart of Easter bunny land. Yes, right. (laughs) A lot of the traditions evolved, like children would make nests in which the Easter bunny could come and lay its eggs. So that's sort of like an Easter basket kind of thing. If you think about it, there are sort of like you mentioned with leaving out the baskets, little nests, the grass on the the inside. Oh, that is interesting. So I wonder why getting eggs would have been fun for German kids. It didn't say that the eggs were hard-boiled or anything, did it? No, all it said was that they were eggs. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, these are my eggs. Yeah, I I like (laughs) eggs. I am German. I like eggs. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) There wasn't a lot more to it? Nope. Not as not as far as I know. It's interesting because I expected there to be way more lore behind right. the Easter Bunny. There's actually more lore behind leprechauns than I could find <laughs> easily about the Easter Bunny. I'm sure there are books about Easter Bunny lore out there about you know the progression of the pagan Easter Bunny. 
Which wouldn't have been Easter at that right, time. Right, just a pagan... Pagan fertility bunny. Right. So you don't know how far back the tradition of the nesting eggs thing goes? No. No, I don't. But I do know that when the immigrants came over, it was a tradition it was at that already point. It was already a tradition at that point. Okay. So it probably traces back to old world. Right. It's like some of the other traditions we've read about. Right. Like a lot of the other yeah. traditions that we've read about. Right. And there are different Easter traditions internationally... Not all of the animals are rabbits. There are foxes, and some of them are actual birds, which makes more sense to me than the rabbit, yeah. as far as the egg-laying part. <laughs> yeah, it is more appropriate. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe not as fun, because right. rabbits are fun. Not as magical. Right. And in Australia, I think it's, what is it, the Easter... Uh, oh, yeah. What is it? Wallaby? Wallaby. Wallaby. The Easter Wallaby. <laughs> I'll talk more about the international traditions, because there are some very interesting ones. Fabergé eggs from Russia are very well known, and those are sort of an Easter tradition over there. And and all across Europe, there are a lot of different kinds of Easter traditions, so I'll get into that next week. There is a very famous rabbit that we all know of, Peter Cottontail. He is the Easter Bunny. He is the Easter Bunny. So for all your families that were um, waiting get past coal section now's the time you can start listening again that's right so i will be talking about the 1971 movie called here comes peter cottontail this is a rankin bass production which we love which we love yeah. <laughs> we've talked about it so much that's right and a magic film it aired on abc and it is 55 minutes long i did notice some famous names that, yes, um, voice the voice, character. Uh-huh. Uh, such as Danny Kaye as Seymour S. Sassafras. I love Seymour S. Sassafras. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Casey Kasem as Peter Cottontail, the main honcho. I didn't actually know that, but now that you say that, I can hear yeah. his voice as that. That's, That's interesting. That's right. And Vincent Price as January Q. Irontail. That one I did know, and I can hear yeah. the plunk of the tail in my yeah. head. Yeah, so for all y'all, for some context... This movie, Cole and I have watched since we were very small. I don't even remember a time where we wouldn't watch that. Did you, Mom or Dad, ever watch this when you were young? So I've watched it every year since the year it came out in 71. I was four years old when it came out. Oh, wow. Almost four. I would have been almost four. Well, it's an instant classic. Absolutely. I mean, it's (laughs) Rankin-Bass. Yeah, and I was wondering where this tradition of watching this came from. So, okay, so you watched it. Yeah, I don't know. Did you watch it as a kid? If it was on our channel. Yeah. Most of them were. So you had to know it was on your channel, and you had to know it was on. Because back then, you know, the only guide was a TV guide or previews from another show you were watching on that same network that this show was coming out. So you could miss it. Very easily back in the 70s, 80s time frame. So the movie starts out with Seymour S. Sassafras narrating. So he kind of goes through Easter, like what's up, what's going on. We look through his magic Easter egg. I don't know if you all remember that. Yes. He has different kinds and he looks through it. Right. So he's not just a disembodied voice narrator. He's a person that has kind of his own scene. He does. And he's the same pretty much as... The mailman? The mailman. In Santa Claus uh, yeah, is Coming to Santa Town. Yeah, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I think right. it might be even the same character model yes, that I they think use. Right. right, yeah. So he starts narrating, and then that leads us into April Valley, which is, I guess, the home of the bunnies. Right. So they go through 
Like the different scenes and the making different things. Um, like candy, you mean? Like candy, but also... Making bonnets. Making yeah. bonnets. Easter bonnets. Easter hats. That's right. Yes, Easter making bonnets. Easter bouquets. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were more than just candy. That's yes. Right. Yep. They were, it was more versatile. All in April Valley. That's yes. right. That's perfect. So, Colonel Wellington B. Bunny... It is uh, Colonel Bunny. I remember that. <laughs> well, is his first day. Yep. Yes. He's <laughs> trying to decide who should be his replacement. He's getting older. He wants to retire. So he's literally like, it almost looks like resumes with pictures. Like he's going through different things and talking to his assistant. And then he lands on a picture of Peter Cottontail. It says, this, this is the young man or young rabbit that I would like to, to be a replacement. Peter Cottontail lives in April Valley with all the other bunnies, but he has a habit of lying and boasting, which (laughs) Colonel Bunny's assistant points out to him. Yes. But the colonel's all adamant. He's like, no, no, no. I was like that when I was a lad, and he's the best for the job. But as I got older, you know, you always kind of question, like... The The logic of Rankin-Bass characters. Yeah. (laughs) But, hey, you know, he's willing to give him a chance. So Peter has always dreamed of being the chief Easter bunny and gladly accepts. However, there is an actual evil bunny in the show called January Q. Irontail, or, for short, Irontail. He's evil and mean and does not like children at all. (laughs) That is because a child roller skated over his tail, which is very sad, you know. He ends up having to wear an iron tail. Yeah, so chopped off his other tail. Yes. And he replaced it with a fake tail, which for some reason he chose to be this big, heavy iron tail that clangs. It clangs. clangs. (laughs) Yes, it clangs. So easy to spot. Yes. Easy to hear. No, he's coming. No, he's around. Right, right. And you'd think that if they can make bonnets and all the stuff, that they could easily make a fluffy tail for him. But <laughs> hey, that's just reaching yes, too far. we don't know. Well, they might have been able to. He was just too mean and nasty to ask. It's well, a Grinch situation. I know. He even lives in a cave. Yep. Like with a pet, I guess, bat? It's it almost a, sounds yeah. like a bat dog. Yeah. A bat and a spider. Yes. 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 So that's how he gets around. He flies by bat. He wants to be the chief Easter bunny so that he can ruin Easter for children all over. Right. Now, you should mention what happens when Peter Cottontail lies. Yes, that's right. I even had that written down. So when Peter lies, his one ear droops. And this is very consistent. You instantly know that he's lying. And he always gets into trouble afterwards. And it's helpful, too, because the movie goes like... (laughs) There is a very helpful sound effect to that as well. Iron Tail demands from Colonel Bunny... That he holds a contest between Iron Tail and Peter to see who would win. Apparently the Constitution of April Valley, that's a thing, (laughs) states that the chief Easter Bunny should be the one who delivers the most eggs. They're like, okay, the next day will be the day that these two bunnies will deliver the eggs. Whoever delivers the most eggs wins. Right? So Peter is very arrogant and holds a huge party. We never see all the bunnies. They're always like little shadows in a tent. We hear like music going and stuff. Anyways, he gets to bed very late, which is very irresponsible. So he sets his rooster clock to wake him up and goes to sleep. However, Iron Tail gives his rooster clock, which has an actual rooster on top, 
a corn-flavored bubblegum, <laughs> which is hilarious. So he gives this rooster this bubblegum, and so the next morning when he tries to crow, he only emits these bubbles that fly far away, and then far away they distribute the noise of the rooster crowing. Thus, So it's Peter like magic bubblegum that exactly. takes his voice away. Yeah, Exactly. So Peter ended up sleeping all throughout the day. Irontail only got one egg delivered, and I'm pretty sure that was... That was to a sleeping guy. That was to a sleeping guy. Not sure. A yes, sleeping exactly. Because nobody wanted to take eggs from no. Mino Iron Tail. Exactly. Like all of them like walked <laughs> away from him. But in the end, he won. Peter delivered no eggs. Iron Tail at least delivered once. Everybody's sad. <laughs> yep. He it's raining as he's telling people that they'll now make chocolate spiders, spiders and, and octopuses. Octopuses. Octopi. Pretty sure he says octopus. He says octopuses in this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He says um, spiders and octopuses. In yes. <laughs> his devious Vincent Price voice. It's all raining right. and they wear like dark gray clothes. Yeah. I know, and they're crying. Very sad day. It's, it's a very sad in day. April Valley. It is. Peter is ashamed of all his bragging, irresponsibility that has led to the tragedy. <laughs> the, uh, the installation of a dictator yes. in... April Valley. April Valley. So he leaves April Valley and wanders along until he meets Seymour S. Sassafras, which again reinforces the fact that he's not just a disembodied narrator, he's actually he's in a the character, story. Yeah. Exactly. When he meets him, Sassafras is an eccentric peddler and inventor who supplies April Valley with colors to paint the eggs from his garden of surprises from red, white, blue. Cabbages and purple corn to striped tomatoes and orange string beans. That's always been like a fun little creative yeah, part of yeah. the movie. Sassafras then lets Peter use his Yestermobile, a time machine piloted by, do you remember, a French caterpillar? Yeah, I remember a French caterpillar named Antoine. Yes. To take Peter back to Easter, back in time. Deliver his eggs, win the contest, and defeat Iron Tail. And he is an outrageous French accent. He has a very yes. outrageous. <laughs> he has a, I believe, a little mustache and like a little scarf and yeah, a little yeah, he aviator's hat. He does, but he knows how to work that machine. So they get off the ground and they get going. However, Iron Tail figures out what they're going to do and flies on his bat and shenanigans ensue. <laughs> yeah, I think he drops his spider on the Yestermobile and it sabotages the wires. Yeah. yeah. Sabotage. But th- basically they go through different holidays. They go through 4th of July. And just, I want to note the hilarious way that they end up in these holidays. They're flying over a giant calendar. They are. And they crash into dates on this calendar. Yes. Yeah. Dates clearly marked for the dates. holidays. So they crash through and it shows the like the animation of the giant paper and then falling through <laughs> yes. the paper. Breaking the, the yeah, ripping the paper. Yeah, ripping the paper. Yeah. Right. So they go through different holidays, like 4th of July, where Peter, again, like, they always make up the eggs for the holidays, right? right. So he repaints them for 4th of July, gives them to some boys, says that they're firecrackers. Of course, when he lies, the little noise in his, yeah, in his ear. ear goes down, and they end up giving them back to him. Or throwing, throwing them, them at him. <laughs> throwing them at much. him. For lying. Right. He goes to Halloween where he paints them in Halloween colors, gives them to the Halloween spooks, and they like them. They were very excited to receive them. However, while Peter's back was turned, Iron Tail's bat went and grabbed the basket. So he so, never had the chance. Exactly. Yeah, which was very them. sad. Right. 
So him and Antoine had to go on their way. And chase the bat down and get the eggs back. Right. Which they did. Which they did. But it was too late to go back to Halloween. That's right. So they had to continue on to Thanksgiving. Then they go to Christmas Eve where Peter dresses as Santa Claus and tries to sell the eggs (laughs) but no one was going for that. That's when he meets the hat. Do you remember her name? You remember Bonnie. it. Bonnie the Bonnie Bonnet. Bonnet. Yeah. Bonnie the Bonnet. She was crying in a nearby shop. It's an anthropomorphic no hat. Yeah. Yes. She had a face, but she was crying because no one wanted to buy her. So Peter tells the shopkeeper that he'll trade her his Christmas eggs for Bonnie. But Irontail once again steals them, and Peter and Bonnie, he still takes the bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> Peter and the bonnet go together. Right. And Antoine is unfortunately left there. Like, they forgot him, but took the machine. So during the chase, Iron Tail crashes into Santa's sleigh, where Santa demands to give the eggs back to Peter, and Santa does give the eggs back to Peter. Santa gives them back from Iron Tail. Yeah, so Santa catches up to Iron Tail. Santa grabs the eggs and gives them back. And gives them back. And gives them back, yeah. So they have to continue on. Peter and Bonnie land in Valentine's Day, where Peter meets a beautiful girl bunny named Donna, and Peter gives her a Valentine egg. However, Iron Tail finds the egg and casts a spell on them. Again, like, Peter just is very non-observant. Yes, right? yeah. Right? Oftentimes this happens with his back is turned. and So Iron Tail makes them all green. All yeah, the makes... eggs green inside and out. Right. So no one in the Valentine's Day holiday wanted them. Right. Right. Very poor planning on Iron Tail's part. I considering know. the next holiday on the, on <laughs> yes. the list. What's going to happen? Right. Well... Peter vows to be more responsible. Donna gives Peter the egg back as well, because apparently that's just too much. Green on, <laughs> no, Valentine's Day is just a no-no. The next holiday is St. Patrick's Day, and they land in the holiday. People can't get enough of his green eggs. He doesn't lie. He has finally learned his lesson on being responsible. He goes back and wins the contest. Right, because he gave away all of his eggs in St. Patrick's Day. That's right. So that's what he was trying to do this whole time, was give away his eggs. That's right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And as a result, Iron Tail loses. Peter becomes the official chief Easter bunny. Antoine returns as a butterfly. And Iron Tail becomes the April Valley janitor. (laughs) (laughs) While Peter leads an Easter parade with all the characters from the story... It's all like this happy little ending. So we've always watched that every Easter and it's always been a part of our family tradition. Yeah, the time travel thing is always a bit fuzzy. It's yeah. a little trippy. <laughs> it is. It's not fuzzy how he goes back in time but also goes forward in time. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit not clear, but as a kid you're like, well, you know, it is what it is. Right, yeah. like he's going back in time, but he's going back in time to Halloween. Like first, and then right, like, right, Fourth of July. But then he ends whatever. up winning, yeah. so then he gets back to the regular time. Yeah, yeah it's a little bit yeah. strange. Yeah, but it works. It does. It's, it's fun. You won in the end. That's right. And learned a lot of lessons. So that's a fun family tradition that we do most years is watch that together. Yeah, that's right. Like we do. It's the Easter Beagle, Charlie Brown. Yeah. As well, we also have fun traditions with all the candy that goes into the Easter baskets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of those candies. I'm going to talk about today, and that is the Marshmallow Peep. The infamous Marshmallow Peep. The infamous Marshmallow Peep. So I learned a lot about Marshmallow Peeps and a little bit about their history and the corporation that manufactures them. Well, that sounds ominous, the Peep Corporation. So traditionally, Peeps are shaped like baby chickens. They're made of this soft marshmallow rolled in colored sugar 
with eyes made out of edible wax. Had to know that their eyes were oh edible wax, but they I are. I had no idea. Yep. That is, wow. They're typically <laughs> sold in a pack of five, and they're kind of like connected a little bit to each other. One serving of Peeps, which is all five pieces, contains 140 calories, no fat, 34 grams of sugar, which makes sense because their main ingredients are sugar and corn syrup. All five of them? Mm-hmm. Together? Yep. That's not very much. Peeps also have gelatin in them, which makes them unsuitable for vegans, which I thought was funny. They are manufactured in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Also, I did not know that. Oh. By Pennsylvania, I, the center of all... <laughs> <laughs> all these yeah. uh, by a company called Just Born Candy, which was founded in 1910 by a Russian immigrant named Sam Born, B-O-R-N. So I'm guessing his, he had his name changed <laughs> right. when, he, when he immigrated. They also manufacture other candies besides Peeps, like Mike and Ike, Hot Tamales, and Peanut Chews, which I don't think I've ever had, but I have seen those in stores. So Sam Born actually grew up in Russia, but he immigrated from France, and he actually introduced French chocolates to New York City. He was a candy maker by trade, but he was responsible for, for some important innovations, including chocolate sprinkles. What? Yep. I love this guy. <laughs> At the time, they were known as Jimmy's, which I think some people still yep. call them Jimmy's. He was also responsible for the hard chocolate coating used for Eskimo pies. The chocolate coating also that hardens. Right, that you can pour onto your ice yes, cream and it'll and harden. Yes, and it'll harden. Yep. Oh. And he was given the keys to the city of San Francisco in 1916 for inventing a machine that mechanically inserted sticks into lollipops. They called it the Born Sucker Machine. Because <laughs> his name was Born. He was putting it into suckers. Isn't that funny? The it's born it's funny because... a lot um, of stuff that he did. Yes. Yeah. I just real quick Googled the name and his name was Samuel Bernstein. Oh, that's funny. So he was Jewish. Russian Jewish man. Yeah, and he was from the Ukraine, which would have been a part of Russia at that time. Yeah. But. So he had a small retail store in 1923-ish in Brooklyn, New York. He was like an innovator in candies. And he had this display, and it's funny, he had this little sign in front of the candy that said, Just Born. Uh-huh. That is funny. A little innovative, creative thinker there. They actually moved in 1932 from New York to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and that's where they are still today. The company itself bought another candy company called Rhoda Candy Company in 1953, which was based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which also produced jelly beans, as well as handmade Chick-shaped marshmallows. Ooh. Yeah, so it begins. So it begins. It normally took 27 hours of time to make one of these handcrafted marshmallow chicks. Oh my heavens. That's crazy. Isn't it? Sam's son, Bob, figured out how to shorten the manufacturing time from 27 hours to 6 minutes. (gasps) And that was the innovation that led to the proliferation of these peeps. Wow. The great peep boom. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the 1960s or whatever. Yeah. That's why they were like 27 hours to 6 hours, not 27 yeah. hours to 6 minutes. Yes. Because it was, they were handcrafting it before with one of those things called the, um, called, that you put the frosting in, the right. little funnel things. Yeah. Well, they were using those with marshmallow to craft it. Oh. And they actually used to have wings on them. So they actually cut the wings off. Which, you know, you kind of wonder why they don't have wings or something like wings, right? But it was too... I never did wonder. (laughs) (laughs) I just... But it was to make it faster to manufacture. There was already a lot of suspension of disbelief as far as the realism (laughs) of Peeps. Right. 
Peeps, like a lot of other candy treats, say like candy corn, have been now pushed to be year-round sweets. They're not just Easter, but Easter continues to be their main time. But now they come in many different colors besides yellow, blue, pink, lavender. They have many different flavors now, cotton yep. candy, gingerbread, lemon delight. I like how they put that in quotes. Yeah. Lemon delight, <laughs> chocolate covered, candy cane, and they have shapes. So Peep Bunnies, which was the first new shape, was introduced in the 1980s. But now they have hearts, pumpkins, minions. I think the Peep Bunnies are almost as iconic as the Peep Chicks now. Yeah, yeah. So any guess how many Peeps are eaten at Easter every year? Oh, oh my goodness. How do you want to guess? Uh, 10,000. Across the world. A across, across the world? You didn't say that. Yeah, five. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to say Two million. five million. Five 1.5 Billion peeps what? are eaten every Easter. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. Eaten or thrown away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We got peeps for Easter. The Easter Bunny also put peeps in the kids' baskets at Easter. Yes. Yeah. And I think Cole enjoyed them more than yes. Sydney did. I did. I did yeah. enjoy them a lot. We always made yeah. sure Cole Yeah. And peeps are one of those divisive candies. Some people absolutely hate them. There's actually Facebook groups out there dedicated to hating peeps. <laughs> Isn't that sad? It's a little mean. Um, I mean, if you're going to put your time forward for something, well, that's right, the why, for you. why hating yes. poor peeps? Poor peeps. Yeah. If you're a peep purist, you eat them straight from the package, fresh or stale, slightly crunchy. So some like them fresh, soft. Some like them a little bit older and a little bit harder along the way. Now, according to the Huffington Post, 70 to 75% of people prefer fresh peeps, which I still leaves a pretty peeps. big group that like them on the crunchier side, the yeah. stale side. Though. So that's pretty interesting. This just sounds unpleasant. Yes. <laughs> there are a lot of other recipes that you can use peeps in. You can make peep crispy treats. So like marshmallow rice crispy treats, you can make them out of peeps for the marshmallow instead of the regular marshmallow. You can make peep sunflower cake. Or you can even try the revolting pizza, which is literally just peeps on a pizza. Yeah, and I've also seen them as decorations on cakes, right? Yeah. On top, like yeah. cute Easter cakes. Right, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Oh, cool. Usually, so, if there's candy and pizza involved, it's a cookie crust, not a... No, and this is just the peeps dough. on top of the pizza. Of the cookie crust. No, no. On top of a pizza. That's so gross. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Revolting is the word they use. Yes. If you're not as much into eating them or you have extras, you got too many, you can actually do a number of experiments that can be found online. I know for us, we actually did the... The peep jousting? Well, we did the peep jousting after first we microwave the peeps to find that they expand quite a bit yeah. and then they deflate, right? They get pretty big and then they kind of flatten out and deflate. As a result, you can do what's called peep jousting, and we've done that, where you have two peeps on a paper plate, each with a toothpick, a toothpick stuck, stuck out, like that little yeah. jousting thing, and the first one to poke the other one wins. As they expand, the toothpicks, you know, come closer together, come closer together, so they're, they're sort of stabbing each other. Yes. It's the peep jousting, yeah. yeah. So you have to be able to see through your Place microwave. Your on your on your peep. Yeah, I guess you can do Maybe deck him out with some, yeah. some colors, some... If you want to take, like, blue dye and give them a little Scottish war paint or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you can have a lot of fun with peep jousting. Right. The other thing that people have fun with, if they don't like to eat peeps, is to make dioramas out of peeps. The Washington Post actually does a huge contest where people have made Renaissance scenes, 
the Last Supper scene. That's hilarious. Yes. From I've Tolkien, definitely seen The, the Last Hobbit, Supper. Yeah. Harry Potter from The Hobbit. Oh, okay. uh, Harry Potter scenes. I mean, just scenes from all different ways with peeps in there instead of the, the, character. the characters. Yes. And they're very elaborate, very interesting to look up online. A lot of fun. But somebody had a lot of time to uh, work on those. So very fun things to do with peeps if you're not a traditional eater of peeps. So... That was all pretty interesting. I think the other thing that I wanted to find out is where do peeps fall in the Easter candy hierarchy? That is actually hard to find. <laughs> like a definitive I'm sure they're pretty candy high, hierarchy. Right. It, they are number one as a drugstore candy. So okay. if you want to pick up candy, you know, a lot of times they'll have like candy just in smaller packages at a drugstore you can grab. So there is some evidence that they are number one for that. Typically, they end up in the top five of Easter candy lists in mm-hmm. general. Some of those lists are pretty suspect when you look at what they included on there. Yeah. Well, um, I imagine that Reese's eggs are pretty high on there. Yeah. Yeah, there's something... I don't know if you remember these. Uh, they're called Jordan almonds, but they're a hard candy-coated almond. So they show up sometimes in the top list, which makes you really suspect yeah. who's making that list right. along the way. The Jordan Almond Corporation. I think so. <laughs> so, that's just some fun information about Peeps. We will continue our discussion next week about Easter. Before we finish, we want to talk about future festivities for the week of April 8th. April 8th is Zoo Lovers Day. April 9th is Winston Churchill Day. April 10th is National Siblings Day. Mm. So I don't know if that's to be nice or mean to them, but it's it's their day. It's to do something to them. <laughs> that's right. April 11th is National Submarine Day. And this is the vehicle, not the sandwich. Oh. <laughs> April 12th is National Licorice Day. April 13th is Scrabble Day. And then April 14th is Palm Sunday with Easter following a week later. So for... Beth, Cole, Sydney, and Randy. Happy Happy Easter. Easter!